0: to another Tusk Talks Wrestling podcast. I am your host Adam Chalk and I am here to give my honest opinions on the things we like or dislike from all the goings on in professional wrestling from shows like WWE, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, Impact Wrestling as well as pay-per-views, premium live events and some indie shows as well as talking about the latest news headlines during the rounds. So why not go ahead, hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Tusk Talks Wrestling Podcast. I am Adam Chalk and welcome to the WWE Monday Night Raw review. I hope you're well. Uh, I'm interested to see what people's reactions are to this Monday Night Raw because I think It's quite easy to see the excellent things or thing that happened on this show and think this was a good show when I don't think a lot around that that we'll get to in a minute was all that good. Uh, A go-home show, of course, for the raw side of things anyway. Ahead of this Saturday's Elimination Chamber, I am really excited about Elimination Chamber. But first we did have to sit through this Raw, so let's go through it, shall we? Uh, We start Raw off with Becky Lynch and Adam Pearce in the ring. She says she dressed all spiffy for Brooklyn and she brought Adam Pearce out. Big boos go around the arena. She shouts out Lita for helping her last week. Uh, She says she forgave her because Becky was a weirdo for her last year. Um, she talks about her road to WrestleMania being unclear and she was too focused on damage control that she lost sight of what really matters to her and that's the Women's Championship Uh, she says she wants to fight herself into things and we are less than a week away from Elimination Chamber and that's where Adam Pearce comes in because he likes to up the ante and she's given him the chance to let her fight her way into the Elimination Chamber uh, the crowd doesn't make as much noise as she was hoping, I don't think. But anyway, this is when Bailey came out. She says if if Becky thinks she's getting in after what she pulled off last week, then she's an idiot, just like these idiot fans. Uh, Becky didn't finish off anything last week because that so-called Hall of Famer had to do it for her. Uh, she wants Adam Pearce to scrap last week's result from the history books, uninvite Lita from all her appearances in WWE, and add Bailey to the Elimination Chamber matches. Uh, because that's what she's earned. Uh, she's a Grand Slam champion, but Becky doesn't know what that feels like. Becky replies with, she's a WrestleMania main eventer, but Bailey doesn't know what that's like either. Uh, Bailey continues that nobody wants to see Becky versus Bianca again because she lost that. I kind of agree with her. Becky says that they stole the show last year and you were home with your peg leg. Uh, They start screaming at each other. This is when the Royal Women's Champion, uh, Bianca Belair, came out. She says that she hears a lot of talk about championships but nobody's decided to come and talk to the champion herself. She says, if you would have asked, she would have said she wants to beat the best of the best and they want to get in the chamber, then they should have to go through her. Uh, Adam Pearce agrees and make a, makes a triple threat for the main event, where if Becky or Bailey win, they get into the Elimination Chamber match. If Bianca wins, neither of them are in. Uh, he makes it official, and that's that. Not the greatest of segments but at least we have matches with stakes now. And that is a good thing for your television show, to keep people invested. Uh, It did feel overly scripted, though, all of this, and I didn't believe a single crappy insult that uh, came out of anyone's mouth, really. And I sort of left the segment thinking that Becky and Bailey are nowhere near as over as they used to be and need to be seriously heated up before any Wrestlemania plans take place it's weird if you went back what two three years and said that Becky Lynch and Bailey would get very little crowd reaction I think you're an idiot but that's exactly what's happening Byron Saxton is backstage and he wants to talk to the Judgment Day, Uh, minus Rhea Ripley, who wasn't here. He asks if they are all prepared for Elimination Chamber. Priest says the real question is, are the other five in the Elimination Chamber ready for him? Uh, Dominic says, yeah, he knows all about being locked up and he's been around Priest all week and Priest is going to run that chamber just as he ran the block and walk out as United States champion. Uh, And he just got off the phone to Mammy and she's excited about Elimination Chamber and she's for uh, Valentine's Day. Finn Balor says that tonight the Street Profits are going to get rolled up and smoked or something like that, rolled up, fold up and smoked or something I don't know what he said but they are great I love them and then it was the Street Profits versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest uh, Priest and Ford start off the match and we get a loud we want Mammy chant uh, Priest overpowers Ford Balor in with a slingshot stomp uh, Ford catches him with an enziguri there, and tags in Dawkins who delivers a drop kick a double flapjack to Priest and a double clothesline to the outside as they go to a break. When we come back, uh, Priest goes to back suplex Ford off the top rope, uh, but Ford turns it into a crossbody. Dawkins gets the hot tag and runs wild. He looked great, actually. He bounces Priest into the announce table and then hits a big back elbow on Baller. Hits a silencer, but then misses a twisting splash in the corner. Montez Ford, though, gets a blind tag as Dawkins pounces Balor into a German suplex from Ford into a roll-up, which got a two-count. The Profits then hit a doomsday blockbuster thing, which gets a two-count as well. Dominic Mysterio tries to get involved, but uh, Dawkins brings him in the ring the hard way and pounces him back out again. Offered distraction though, Bala hit Dawkins with a sling blade. A corner drop kick followed by the coup de grace and the win. After the match, uh, Damian Priest attacked Montez Ford, super kicked him in the face. But Edge and Beth Phoenix run out to fight them off. Beth looks like she's about to beat Dom up again. But Rhea Ripley slid into the ring, showed up and hit a uh, Beth with a riptide and left her laying. I thought this was a fun opening match with four guys just in top form right now. Um, but I will say I thought the commentary team were awful with the Rhea Ripley return. They basically no-sold it. Um... I was going to say they undersold it, but it was worse than that. I think Kevin Patrick tried his best to salvage things, but he sounds like a wet blanket at his most excited anyway. But the match was really good. I would like to see the Street Profits go their separate ways, but do it amicably and still be friends. But um, I don't know how they're going to do it. If they do go down the route of probably Angelo Dawkins turning on Montez Ford, then I've got no fear that both men will be just fine on their own. Next up, we have the contract signing between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. with Adam Pearce officiating. Uh, Lesnar starts chucking chairs out of the ring before Bobby Lashley even makes his way out. Lesnar goes to tell Pierce to cut the ship but sort of stops himself. And tells Lashley to get on out here. Security comes out first and lines the entranceway. And then Lashley has a table set up at the top of the ramp as um as he basically just sort of doesn't want to be anywhere near Lesnar, obviously. Bobby says that this is not the Brock Lesnar show just because he wants a contract signing. Adam Pearce rolls out the red carpet. But he's he's in the driving seat now and they're going to do things on his terms. He says he's had a team look at uh, the contract and he doesn't know if he's going to sign it. Lesnar tells him to get his ass up there, sign the contract uh, as Bobby's scared chants start ringing around the, the crowd. Lesnar says if he doesn't come to him, he's going to come down there and kick his ass and sign it for him. Lashley says he doesn't think Lesnar has the balls to do so. Uh, Lesnar then comes out of the ring, beats up a few security guys, but he runs straight into a back body drop from Lashley and a spear on the ramp. Lashley then signs the contract and leaves. Oh... I could have done with seeing Brock kill security guards a little bit longer because, I I don't know, I kind of like something a little more that way. Uh, It's just a bit boring, isn't it, this whole feud, actually. I don't think it's as good as they thought it was going to be. Don't get me wrong, I love both guys, uh, especially Brock Lesnar. Um, I don't know. I do... I do do kind of like the fact they tried something a little different with this. By putting the table at the top of the ramp. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe we're going one match too much. uh, With this feud. From my liking anyway. I also think... You know, I don't I don't know if Bobby has actually turned heel or that's what how we're meant to perceive him. He's sort of all over the place with his alignment, I think. Just needs something to sort of set him either side of the line. Maybe we we'll get that elimination chamber, who knows? Piper Niven then took on Mia Yim. Uh, Piper of with a shoulder black block to start the match. Uh, Yim tries to lift Niven at one point, but she gets squashed instead. She does hit a terrible-looking tornado DDT, though. Uh, she throws some hard strikes, but gets planted with a urinagi and a back senton for a two. Uh, Piper Niven was in full control of the match and eventually won the match with a Bossman Slam. Which looked decent. But uh, this is not a very good match. And I've got to be honest, Mia Yin feels way off the form she needs to be in if she's ever going to get over. She seems like a wasted return to WWE, if I'm being really honest. Um, I know she was supposed to be with AJ Styles and the Good Brothers, but with AJ being injured, sort of put a stop to that, but I don't know, she just feels out of place at the moment. It's a shame because she's really talented, but there's just no direction. Piper Niven, though, is someone I would... Absolutely hand the ball to, if I didn't have Rhea Ripley in my roster then I would certainly be pushing Piper Niven. I think she's great, she's believable as well as a monster heel. I would predict a women's championship for her at some point in the future, I think she's really good. We have Baron Corbin being interviewed backstage about what happened last week with him and JBL. He starts to say it's been a depressing week when he gets cut off by uh, something happening in the ring, which is more important. <clears throat> and it is Sami Zayn in the ring, in that black hoodie. He grabs a microphone and says he isn't here to hold up the show, but there's something he needs to say and someone he needs to say it to. And he may not have a chance after Montreal. He calls out Cody Rhodes. Massive reaction for both men. Cody, welcome Sammy to Raw. And asks what he wants to talk about. Uh, Sammy says that last week you had a verbal exchange with Paul Heyman. Which set the world on fire. But And there was a lot to unpack. But there was one thing that you said that has been replaying in his head. And that's that. It feels more and more likely every day that it, at WrestleMania, it will be Cody Rhodes versus Sami Zayn. So he came all this way to look him dead in the eyes and hear it from his mouth and ask if it's just lip service or do you believe that he can actually beat Roman Reigns. Cody says, when he said he thought Sami could beat Roman Reigns, he meant it. And when he said Sami could be his opponent at WrestleMania, he believed it. Uh, this is awesome chant breaks out from the crowd. He continues respectfully. He doesn't think this is what it's all about here. Does it matter what he thinks? All that matters is does Sami Zayn believe that he can defeat Roman Reigns? Uh, Sami gets the, the old ole chance at this point and says the truth is he doesn't know. Because he has been in the trenches with the bloodline and seen them making game plans and they always find a way. The whole uh, God Mode thing is not just a catchphrase. He's actually operating on a higher level than anyone else and he's seen people bigger than him go into matches believing that they would be the one to take down Roman Reigns. But every single one of them went down. So now he's supposed to believe that after 900 days that he's going to be the one to take down Roman Reigns. Look, if you're asking me if I believe I'm capable of beating him, then yes, I believe that. If you're asking me if I'm capable of being the WWE champion, then yes, I believe that. If you're asking if I'm worthy of being the main event of WrestleMania, then yes, I believe that that and he has to believe that because if he doesn't then nobody else will but if you're asking if he will leave Montreal as a WWE Universal Champion well he doesn't know Cody replies with are you saying you don't know but everyone here knows Uh, your hometown where you started as an upstart wrestler seems like they know he hasn't been where you have been He hasn't been up close to Roman but he has been watching from the sidelines and yes, everyone has fallen but now there's dissension in the bloodline for the first time because of you. And the idea of the greatest champion of our time can be defunded and this awesome moment that we're all in is because of you. You want to say that Roman's in god mode? Well, print it on a t-shirt but he is just a man and At Elimination Chamber, you crack him open and see what kind of a man he is. He said, when he won the Royal Rumble, Michael Cole said, he'll go on to finish the story at WrestleMania. And now, Sammy, you need to finish yours. But just one more thing. He doesn't want to see him on Raw next Monday because he would rather see him at WrestleMania. Uh, Jesus Christ, this was incredible in my opinion. What a promo from both men. And if you're in any doubt, which I don't see why you would be, but if you were, that Cody would be able to beat the man in WWE, he just proved that he absolutely can be. And they sold me on a match that we probably won't be getting, Uh, but it's definitely one I want to see. I think if you hold the two match cards up, Cody vs. Sami or Cody vs. Roman. No offence to Sami, I think you're taking Cody vs. Roman all day long. But this was incredible. And this build, not only to Elimination Chamber, but to WrestleMania, is one of the best in WWE for a long time. For this storyline anyway. I'm the most excited about WWE. W.E. than I have been in years I think um, yeah brilliant stuff if you haven't seen it then find time to go and watch this segment Carmella then gets interrupted backstage by Nikki Cross who's been off playing with her new friends apparently uh, Asuka walks in wearing a mask uh, Nikki Nicky then laughs in Candice LeRae's face when she tries to find out what was going on. Really weird segment. But then we cut back to Baron Corbin and he calls JBL uh, a has-been and it's time to remind people who Baron Corbin is. He's angered at the fact that Cathy Kelly cut him off earlier for Sami Zayn. He says he hates to be that guy but Elimination Chamber... Roman's going to destroy Sammy in front of his fans and his family. He's a walking dead man, and in no world does he beat him. But you know who was the last man that did beat Roman? That's Baron Corbin. He says he was blindsided by Brock Lesnar, and if it wasn't for him, he would have been punching his ticket to WrestleMania after winning the Royal Rumble not Cody Rhodes, a guy that took eight months to nurse a minor injury, a man that got gifted the number 30 in the Rumble, and he doesn't see what everyone else sees in him, he calls him a joke, his brother a joke, his dad a joke, and his dog, Uh, he says all this, as Cody Rhodes is stood behind him, after coming back through the curtain, so Cody attacks him, uh, they fight through Gorilla, Cody shouts, grab a ref he beats him all the way down to the ringside all in his suit once they get in the ring the match starts and cody sends him to the outside and delivers a suicide dive he throws him into the timekeeper's area and into the ring post and steps as well back in the ring cody nails a cody cutter and hits a crossroads and wins this impromptu match Other than the impromptu bit, which I'm not a big fan of, I really like this. Um, I do hope they do something to rebuild Corbin, though. But I I think it is going to take a lot of work. He almost needs to go away for a a few months. I know it's harsh saying that at WrestleMania season, but he needs to go away and sort of re-debut, I would say. But Cody Rhodes, what more can I say about him? He looked great again. Just something about him wrestling in that suit looked awesome as well. I can't speak highly enough of Cody since rejoining WWE. There's then an awful segment between Natalia Ra- Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. Uh, moaning about Becky and Bailey trying to get in the elimination chamber. Jesus Christ. But they did have a match against Carmella, and Nikki Cross, and Asuka. Uh, Nikki gets overpowered easily by Rodriguez early on. Carmella tags in and says that she wants Natalia. Uh, Natalia comes in, puts Carmella in a sharpshooter, so Nikki breaks it up, and all six women as they go to a break when we come back Cam- uh, Carmella's in control the two crazies Liv and Nicky come into the match Liv hits a high knee in the corner and a missile drop kick Asuka tags in she throws hard-ish strikes uh, Rodriguez catches Carmella out of the air but Nicky jumps on her back as Asuka kicks her in the head then for no real reason Asuka starts German suplexing her own teammates and then locks live in the Aska lock, who screams very loudly before tapping out. Another women's match for me in WWE, which was just not very good. Um, with Aska winning, probably means she isn't going to win the Elimination Chamber match. I said before that I think um, Raquel Rodriguez will be the one to win that match, but uh oh, this wasn't good. Uh, nobody really came out of it looking very good. And Oscar, she's lost, like Bailey and Becky, really, she's lost a lot of what she had going for her. This new character doesn't do it for me. I know she, I, well, I think she did it. Did this character before coming to WWE, but it's not for me. <clears throat> not into it. Uh, some of her work does not look as good as it used to, and you can say that about so many women actually in in WWE right now. And he's a big old boost, I think. But then we have the Alpha Academy backstage and Otis was there eating a hot dog. Uh, Gable starts talking about rewriting the curriculum because something went wrong last year for them. Uh, you see that Otis is eating this hot dog. He takes it away from him and throws it away. But he threw it straight into the face of Mansoir. Uh, Maxine Dupree says that she's looking for the face and physique of the maximum male models and asks well, asks if Otis had uh, been thinking about doing any modelling, Gable thinks that she was talking to him and talks about thinking about doing it. But he considers himself more of a role model. Uh, Marseille says more like a ham model, which is uh, meant to be a diss, I guess. Maxine says she was talking to Otis and hands him a business card. I think this may actually be happening and I think it's going to be incredible. Otis in the Maximum Male Models is just going to be comedy gold, I think. But it also releases Chad Gable to be the awesome singles competitor that that he is. Oh, Bronson Reed walked in at the end as well and laughs in their face and walked off. I forgot that bit. <clears throat> and it was then Bronson Reed versus Mustafa Ali. Uh, Ali hurt his own hand by chopping Reed's chest, then gets beeled across the ring. He then gets flattened as Reed just tracks him. Uh, Ali fights back until he gets launched to the outside. Reed hits a shoulder block off the apron. Ali does try to dive on him, but Reed catches him, launches him into the timekeeper's area. Took quite a nasty bump there. He drags Ali back to the ring. Uh, Ali shows fight and nails a tornado DDT. He goes for a rolling drop kick, but just gets turned inside out by a huge clothesline. Reed then went to to the top and delivered his tsunami and won the match. Bronson Reed looked incredible here, but was also made to look incredible by the bumping and selling of Mustafa Ali. Uh, they're going to have to come up with something creative to beat Reed in the chamber, so I'm looking forward to seeing what that is on Saturday. But, again, I don't think Bronson Reed's really had the impact, but... He should be having as this big guy. He's not really done much yet, and I'm bored of Mustafa Ali. I I can't believe I'm saying that, but yeah, he's just been billed as a loser, isn't he? Obviously, not one of Triple H's guys. Uh, Kathy Kelly in an interviews: Edge and Beth Phoenix, and Edge says he's sick of all this with the Judgment Day, and they're going to put an end to it at the Elimination Chamber. Uh, Beth calls them the Grit Couple again. Not a lot to say on that. The Miz is out for Miz TV, and he wants to talk about the Elimination Chamber, and why he isn't in it. He then introduces Seth Rollins as his guest. Uh, No idea what Seth was wearing on his feet this week. looked like he had stolen them off a mascot or something. Miz brings that up straight away and did uh, the old meme of, what are those? Um, I believe that's like seven or eight years old, that meme. Uh, Miz asks if Seth is focused on the Elimination Chamber or on Logan Paul. Seth says that, these people don't want to talk about that dumpster fire of a human being. They came here to sing. So he singing his theme song again. Uh, Miz says if you wanted to hear someone sing, you would listen to someone good like Taylor Swift and Mox having tickets or something to her to show. And Miz says he doesn't care what the fans want anyway, so he wants to talk about Logan Paul. He says he, he called you a clown, in an interview, and now you have the boots to match it. Uh, Seb says his mum always taught him if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. So, an up to date Bambi reference there for you young kids. Uh, Miz brings up Seth being eliminated from the Rumble by Logan Paul. And you talk about him over Twitter and on the Pat McAfee show, but you won't talk him in here. You won't talk about him here in the ring with me. Why is that? Seth tells Miz to shut up and says the reason he doesn't want to talk about him is because of the dream that he has of main event in WrestleMania, just like The Miz, uh, because they love this. He loves the fans, but Logan Paul doesn't love this. The only thing he cares about is getting paid and in lining his pockets, and he doesn't care at whose expense. And the reason he doesn't bring his name up is because he doesn't deserve it. Uh, All Logan Paul wants is attention, but what he needs is his teeth kicked in. Miz says, oh, sounds like you're a bit jealous. Uh, Seth replies, we all know you're stupid, Miz, but not that stupid. Miz screams that he isn't stupid. The crowd chant, yes, you are. Miz flips out, reads his Wikipedia again, says, he's headlined WrestleMania, something that Youssef may never do, thanks to Logan Paul. Seth's had enough and attacks Miz, hits him with a chair, lines up for a stomp, but Austin Theory shows up, pulls Rollins out of the ring, but Rollins still puts him down. He then comes back in, hits Miz with a stomp, uh, but then Theory comes in, hits A-Town down, and stands tall with his title. This was nothing, really. Um, A bit... Yeah, rubbish. But one thing you can't deny is how over Seth Rollins is right now. They're obviously going with Seth versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania. And I think that's going to be awesome when we get there. I'm... Completely sick and tired of the Miz's stick. I've got all the respect in the world for him as a wrestler, but uh, bored. of. He just says the same thing every single time he's out there. And Austin Theory, I'm just bored of him as well. Bored of Seth Rollins being mixed in with the United States Championship. Bored of it all. Uh, Rick Boogs is then warming up backstage when Elias interrupts him. I think this was all to set up a turn by Elias but I wouldn't be up against them tag teaming which they hinted at a little bit here. After a break we did get Rick Boogs versus The Miz. Um, Miz grabs a mic before this and says there's no way he's going to have this match right now after just after what just happened <clears throat> but it starts anyway, Boost throws him around, does bicep curls with the Miz and then hits a gorilla press slam and wins the match. Really stupid uh, I'm not <sighs> I'm not as behind Rick Boos as I was before he got injured. Maybe I will be, maybe he'll win me back over again, but there is still something about him, which is infectious. Uh, But yeah, nothing more to say on the match. Chelsea Green is complaining to Adam Pearce again. She wants to be in the triple threat match, which isn't happening. Uh, Really like Chelsea Green, but this is going to become very boring very quickly if this is all she's going to do every week. Byron Saxton is back with the Judgment Day. Uh, Ballas says they always have the upper hand and again they beat Edge and Beth but it's worrying to him that they seem to like it too much. But they'll do it again on Saturday. Dom says the thing with Edge and Beth and his deadbeat dad is they used to be good but the game's passed them by. Uh, Priest says they're on the top of the game or they are the top of the game, sorry, and he'll win the Elimination Chamber on Saturday. And at WrestleMania, Rhea's going to walk out as champion. Ray says Charlotte keeps saying that she's on a different level, but the only level she's on is the one below her. And on Saturday, her and Finn are going to kick the living hell out of Edge and Beth. <clears throat> Great. I'm actually really looking forward to that. I think they've built this really well. Interested to see what it looks like in Montreal. Our main event was Bianca Belair versus Bailey versus Becky Lynch in that triple threat match. Uh, the match starts during the break, but the first thing we see when we come to it is Bianca throwing Becky into Bailey. They all try for quick pins. Uh, Bailey dumps Becky to the outside and nails Bianca with a clothesline to the back of the head. Which gets her a two count. She goes out and throws Becky into the barricades. Um, she's basically in control of the match. She delivers a belly to back suplex, which gets a two count. She also hangs Becky up on the top rope and then locks a knee bar in on Bianca. But Becky breaks it up with a leg drop from the top rope. Uh, Becky hit a springboard f- first kick and a double ddt as a go to another break when we come back bianca drops bailey onto the turnbuckle uh, damage control now at ringside bianca and becky fight on the top rope but bailey comes in and we get a tower of doom spot uh she can't get a pin out of it though uh, she heads to the top and hits becky with an elbow drop but bianca breaks up the pin uh she then goes into ass kicker mode and went for a handspring moonsault, but Bailey gets her knees up. There was some confusion over a I don't know something something happened where Bianca sort of slammed Becky onto Bailey, but I don't know if she actually got her feet up or anyway. Becky got up, hit a manhandle slam on Bailey, uh, but damage control pulled her out of the ring uh again damage control get involved and then all the elimination chamber competitors run down we get a weird brawl thing back in the ring bianca hit a spinebuster to bailey and throws io sky to the outside becky back in now and hits another Manhandle slam on bailey but bianca gets her up and slams her onto becky uh, onto Bailey, sorry, with the KOD to win the match hmm I thought this was well below the level in quality that we should expect from these three some of the work looked way too weak I seem to say that a lot when it comes to Becky Lynch at the moment I think, I don't think her work's good at all um Bailey probably look better of the three maybe I'm being biased I don't know Bianca has has this thing about her where she sometimes she looks way too conformative and she uh, looks way too rehearsed and then other times she comes out of this great bit of strength where she looks awesome but you didn't get a lot of that in this one Also, the brawl was really pointless. There was a point where I think it was Raquel Rodriguez and Dakota Kai didn't realise that the camera was on them, so they just sort of stood there looking at each other. Um, I know Dakota Kai is injured, but Jesus Christ, maybe don't get there in the first place. I really didn't get the point of the brawl. Um, So, yeah, that was that. And I think it was a half decent raw at best. I'm probably being a a little bit... No, I'm wrong. It was rubbish apart from the the Sammy and Cody bit, let's be honest. Uh, Which was a great exchange. But the rest of it was not much. Cop really... But that is your WWE Raw review. And as always, you can tell us what you thought of the show through our Test Talks Wrestling Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter as well. Get in touch on there. I'm at AdamChalk8. I'll be back tomorrow with the NXT review. So until then, I've been Adam Chalk. Thank you for listening and I will see you next time.